It's time to go around the courts with Sean Fuster on 5AA Breakfast. Speak up for a better South Australian community through independent charity Crime Stoppers and Police Credit Union. Sean Fuster, good morning to you. Good morning, gentlemen, and I'd like to start today's segment with some words of wisdom from David Suzuki. Yes. Fundamentally, the archer aims at himself. <laughs> Tell you, it's a bit early in the day for something that enigmatic, Sean. That's going to trouble well, my mind early. for hours. It was a bit early for me when it got dropped in the district court recently. It's not often that you hear, you know, great Canadian academics and philosophers being cited in court, especially in defence of a dope who fired an arrow over the walls of a prison. But uh, here we are. In South Australia, the courts are weird. Reading this story, Sean, I was reminded of the Barcelona Olympics. Yeah, absolutely. Or uh, Robin Hood firing that final blind arrow to mark his gravesite. You know, all the all the great arrow moments in history. And then there's this guy, <laughs> William Tell. Uh, this guy was he, he was yes, it was l- less noble. Uh, he was not fighting any real cause, as far as I can discern, Sean. He was trying to smuggle in drugs uh, to a prison. Was he actually successful? Well, yes and no. So the backstory to this is, according to what the district court's been told, Christopher John West got approached by someone whose name is and identity are suppressed at the moment and got told, hey, I'll give you 500 bucks if you can fang this arrow over the walls of the Port Augusta prison. And Christopher John West goes, okay, I can do that. So he and another lady whose name is also suppressed and the first bloke get in a car and drive up and he gets handed the bow and he gets handed the arrow and he fangs it over the wall without too much hassle. And then the cops and the police and uh, the prison guards all turn up and arrest all three of them on the spot. (laughs) Turns out the arrow was wrapped with strips of a thing called Suboxone, which is an opioid withdrawal treatment. And you can imagine that's the sort of thing that's very much in demand in our prisons because, of course, a lot of people are on opioids before they get into jail. Opioid withdrawal is a nasty, horrible condition. It's, you know, you've seen it in movies and things like that. It's terrible. It eats away at you. And people desperately want Suboxone so that they can treat their withdrawal at their pace rather than at the pace that the prison authorities and medical team are weaning them off their dependence. So you can pay up to $300 a strip, apparently, for these little things of Suboxone, which meant that arrow was worth about thirty-five grand. Wow. Crikey. Is there any detail about where the arrow landed? Like, were there guys out in the exercise yard sort of pacing around, you know, playing basketball and an arrow just sort of, you know, boom, sort of land in a tree or something like that? Yeah, my understanding is it was at night and the idea was that the uh, intended recipients would come pick it up the next day. But because Mr. Suppression Order Number 1 had been talking about this on the phone with other prisoners, he himself was a newly paroled prisoner, uh, the authorities picked up on it because what everyone tends to forget is that prison phone calls are recorded. Even though there's a warning at the start that says this phone call will be recorded by authorities, people talk about all sorts of nonsense there. So they knew exactly what time to wait and when to spring. And according to his lawyer, Mr. West turned around and went, what's going on? What's the problem? He had no idea it was wrapped in drugs. And uh, all he was thinking was, well, do I get my 500 bucks or not? <laughs> So what was the upshot of it, or were they? What was the, have they been? Have they been sentenced yet? Yeah, so all three of them have been sentenced separately, and this I found really interesting. West was the final one of the trio to be sentenced, and the judge actually said, in effect, his hands were tied because the woman who'd just driven the car got a suspended sentence. That's fair enough. You understand why that happened. The guy who organised and masterminded the whole thing also got a suspended sentence. 
So even though the judge felt that what West had done in terms of delivering drugs into a prison was very serious offending, given you know the the way that this could have altered the economy within prison, and not to mention just proved to be a successful delivery method, the judge said, no matter what I think, I kind of have to give you a suspended sentence now, because if the bloke who organised it didn't go into jail, how can I possibly send the bloke who didn't understand what he was doing to jail? So this guy's ignorance, in a way, kind of helped him out in the end. Hmm. He said being stupid doesn't pay. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff, mate. (laughs) Fantastic analysis of the goings-on in the courts, as always, Sean. Thanks, guys. Sean Fuster, Chief Court Reporter at The Advertiser, host of the Just Lawful Show, which you can listen to the podcast, of course, wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, each and every Wednesday morning with us as we go around the courts. David Penberthy and Will Goodings, 6 to 9, 5AA Breakfast.